Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glennis. And I'm Ashley. And this week we're discussing Murder of the Month Club, which is episode 10 from season 11 and originally aired on the 4th of December, 1994. Our writer is Donald Ross, who's written 16 episodes. The episodes he's written that we've covered are The Corpse Flew First Class, A Fashionable Way to Die, From Russia with Blood, The Error of Her Ways, A Body to Die For, The Petrified Florist, and Film Flam. <laughs> so we, he, we've covered a lot of his, actually. <laughs> So Murder of the Month Club sees Jessica as a part of a Hartley Publishing infomercial alongside two other authors, Matt Matthews, played by Anthony Zerb, and Joellen Waller, played by Sess Verrill. They are all mystery writers, so it's the mystery book of the month or mystery um, of the month club. And the host is former actor Wade Foster, played by Ian Ogilvy, who's a bit of a prima donna. Prima donna. Prima donna. <laughs> prima donna. <laughs> prima donna. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Will you have chili sauce with that donna? <laughs> and mostly what we're following in the episode is the comings and goings of the various crew of the infomercial. So we have, I believe, executive producers Tom Powell, played by Jeff Conway, and his wife, Gina Powell, played by Gwyneth Walsh. Tom is having an affair with assistant Sarah Ogilvie, played by Carrie Green. And also involved is director Larry Shields, played by Patrick Fabian, whose idea it was to put all this together with the books. And he has a crush on Sarah. And Sarah's upset because Tom won't leave his wife. And Tom won't leave his wife because she won't give them like an easy divorce because she doesn't really want him to go. And she's mad at him, understandably. Anyways, so Jessica's there. They're filming the infomercial. Matt Matthews can't stay sober. So it's sort of ruining the infomercial. They bring on various people to be the studio audience to ask uh, questions that they've already pre-written. So in the audience is kind of a creepy guy called Arnold Wynn, played by Gail Hansen. We have seen Arnold at the very beginning of the episode murdering a man called Stuart. So that comes up because coming in to investigate is Lieutenant Harry Fogel, played by George DeCenzo, and his second in command. Command Detective Henderson, played by Leonard Lightfoot. We know Detective Henderson because he's normally working with Gelber, who's played by Herb Edelman. And because I guess Gelber's out of town or something, they do make reference to it. I can't quite remember, and we'll get into it in a minute, why Fogel is, so he's investigating this death of Stuart Murphy in Buffalo, who was killed by Arnold Wynn. We saw that. Obviously, the cops don't know that yet. I'm not sure what brings him to the murder of the month or the infomercial studio to be investigating. But anyways, they're investigating. And while all this is going on, all these shenanigans, Arnold Wynn is found murdered. So we've seen Arnold do various nefarious things, including kind of pester the writers. And he tries to basically blackmail Wade Foster because he wanted to be paid in cash so he could hide his income from his soon-to-be ex-wife. Um, all this sort of stuff. It's a lot of comings and goings. What we find out is that Matt Matthews had taught a writing class in Buffalo and in the writing class were Stuart Murphy, Arnold Wynn, and Joellen Waller. 
and Joellen had stolen Stuart's manuscript, Arnold had said that he could get, I mean, he could help Stuart with that, but he murdered Stuart, then blackmailed Joellen. She realized that he wasn't ever going to leave her alone, so she killed him. And at the end of the episode, we find out that Sarah and Larry have gotten together and Tom, but who knows, you know, I guess he's still married to Gina. So um, these are our fun facts for this episode. The title refers to the Book of the Month Club that was started by Harry Sherman and Max Sackheim in 1920, offering specially selected books monthly. The service grew so rapidly that titles were even advertised as Book of the Month selections. The club is now owned by the Bookspan Company. The second fun fact is that Anthony Zerb, who played Matt Matthews, is best known for playing Counselor Hammond in The Matrix Reloaded from 2003 and The Matrix Revolutions from 2003. So yeah, Murder of the Month Club, the land of infomercials. <laughs> an, a sort of surprising place to find Jessica. I wouldn't, I, you know, she's on board, which I'm- This surprised. was a Hartley idea. We know this. I guess, but it does feel like infomercials aren't really but then she does say she'd like to do it because it means she won't have to tour anymore but that's true and I feel like Ted Hartley put her up to it I mean we know he put her up to it he put them all up to it he's even put up Matt Matthews who clearly is not capable of being put in front of like studio audience so yeah I mean it was just surprising because I feel like she doesn't she wouldn't agree with all the stuff they sell on something like that but yeah it just felt like a weird premise in general like I don't know yeah they have yeah I mean I guess infomercials were a big deal in the early 90s I mean does that feel right yeah I think yeah. so yeah infomercials absolutely but like for books well mm. but it's like it's like that those like you know when you could do oh my god what were they called where you would scholastic. order this well there's scholastic but i was thinking more of the cds where you were oh, the like bmg music like you yeah. wanted like 18 oh, for a penny yeah. or something <laughs> like that and then you're paying full retail yeah i just mean like normally like my memory of like infomercials are like sort of around like one product that sort of can do one thing and then selling it over and over again, whereas books require a little bit more effort and synopsis and they're bringing on the authors each time. So it felt like a lot of like outgoing costs for something that I don't remember infomercials being <laughs> that yeah. involved. I think right. there's, it does feel like there'd be a lot of legwork. I mean, the fact that they have to bring in like a special host and stuff that it can't just be the normal pe person. But that's like what Lisa Rinna does on, you know, those like clothes, clothing places. Uh, QVC. Yes, thank you. But that's what I mean, like clothing, you can be like, oh, and this is a lovely piece and then go through another lovely piece and then this lovely piece. Whereas like a book requires then like a lot more description about it. Yeah. And you'd have to like, I don't yeah. know. You'd I think it's also something where it's like what they're selling you on QVC. I might be wrong about this, but the idea of what they're selling you on QVC is that it's something really valuable for a small for like a fraction of the cost 
<laughs> whereas like the books even at full retail are probably not going to be as much as well and like if you're buying a book on like a qvc type thing like and you've not heard about it then probably it's gone through like two or three like main circulations and it's probably not really like but she, they said she specially selected the book for them. I mean, I you're right. I'm... It's probably a back like catalog one that she's like, I'm not proud of this one. It so, felt yeah. like an odd focus and an odd premise for books. Yeah, yeah. I agree. If they had bad boy label on there, if they had like music it. breaking it out. I'm just kidding. That would not work. But it just, it felt like a lot of effort for something they're trying to sell quickly no you're right you're right but yeah i i do like the second i saw this episode i i do remember it like it is i i like um ian ogilvy and it yeah i love ian yeah. ogilvy it's the first time we've gotten to see him be properly funny yeah he was yeah. super funny and like yeah. was it arnold bear saxon or jason bear saxon why was that the pen name again? It was like, that was the pen yeah. name of Stuart, but did they ever say why that was? No, and then it's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, and our intro to him is really rough where he just strangles that guy and it's like, wow, this guy must have been like a hell of a writer. <laughs> well, and can you, could you remind me, like that guy stole the manuscript from him. Did he still like the initial guy in the class wrote a good manuscript, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but was that based on something else? I forgot there was like, was his. So that guy, the guy that got strangled in the beginning had written this book when they, all three of them were in the class yeah. together and the woman stole it. And so he was on his way to New York to like rectify this. Got it. Okay. And he'd sent the manuscript to himself. But how had it ended up in the locker? He'd given it to her to read and she photocopied it. But I mean, how did the copy that the original copy that he'd sent to himself end up in the in the bus station locker? Had mm-hmm. Anthony put it there? I don't know. That was, yeah, I was a little confused. And then I, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I thought I had all the answers. I thought they said the dead guy's like whole book was also derivative or like used a lot of plot or was that just it was so that the derivative stuff was talking about the manuscript that got sent to Jessica and I think weren't they saying they were concerned it was going to be derivative and then and then she was saying yes it is derivative of um Matt 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 like yeah like prime Matt Matthews or whatever she yeah. said yeah 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 and uh, vintage Matt Matthews yes yes and we learn in this episode that according to I guess Matt Matthews is like a good pal or whatever but it's like that it's not her style to be <laughs> judgmental and I would really yes. question that yeah and I wrote that down as well I, wrote I that also wrote too. that I, I had a question he says judgmental isn't your style and I wrote I mean sometimes she is Supermental. She is so judgmental. We have an eyes closed head shake as a checklist in our feed. <laughs> 
and she's that's like that's true i'm not judgmental at all <laughs> like also, yes, i like are. that he went like no problem from drinking like all day to just like coffee's good for me i know he said that and he's like he doesn't remember living in buffalo right he was so drunk <laughs> I don't the mean whole time. That's, not funny. that's really dark but no, it's it is that typical like murder she wrote thing. Where he's like, I'm cured. <laughs> You're like, yeah. no. Just some like stern advice from Jessica. And I'm all better. <laughs> it is a bit like <laughs> I I wrote okay in this episode and in the next episode I wrote character name equals the worst. And this episode it was Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, yeah, he's so annoying. He, like not just because he's drinking or anything like that but but literally he's just he's being so obnoxious to everybody and you're like why is this a good idea to have this guy be involved in this yeah. like he's right, so annoying right. it's like ted could you not have picked like another author like uh richard beamer from um <laughs> oh yeah the bad boy <laughs> yeah the bad boy what was his name in that i can't remember, I can't remember. but from um, dark side of the door <laughs> They do this a lot in Murder, She Wrote, where it's like, so a, there's two characters that are together, but they like shouldn't be together. And they and one of them should really be with someone else. So in this, it's the young assistant with Jeff Conaway. And she's like with him in the beginning, but by the end of the episode, it's like she's going off with the other young guy. It's like, ah, all is right. I'm like, but she was like, I don't know. It is a bit... Well, we have that in this one and the next one, weirdly, yeah. even though there's no other real synergy between the two. But it's like this thing of like, and in that one, that person is her boyfriend, like her actual boyfriend. Like oh, yeah. this one, the guy, I guess is he's her boyfriend, but he's cheating on his wife. And he's, you know, she's kind of at the end of her rope of being like, okay. And it, to me, it's like, all right, she's picked kind of, <laughs> Jeff Conaway, who in the whole episode just seems like kind of a difficult person <laughs> when okay. I guess the whole time she could have been with this really cute younger guy that seems like a nice person and a lot of fun. And you're like, why would she have ever been with Jeff Conaway? in yeah. the first? Right. right. Well, and just like him grabbing her and making out on set Ugh. where his wife works just felt so, I don't know felt really gross like to steal a line from like the next episode we cover what did he say like scope and grope or something like that <laughs> oh, well also my God. I realized there's actually two in the next episode yeah. yeah it's not great and Glennis pointed this out that um Henderson's in both of them yeah yeah yes Yes. It's just weird. It says that these were picked randomly. Yeah. It was this, the, the reason why it stood out so much to me was like in this one, like they made Henderson like deal with all like the boxes and like they ha added all this like weird like extra bit to his detective work. Whereas then in the next one, they made him like very serious. And it, it just, I didn't really understand. Like he was like, bringing in these boxes and like opening up the gifts and like there was just all this like sort of extra bit I was like wait okay and then he was in the next one and he's sort of these like side the side character in both but I was like where's all the boxes <laughs> Is he not, like, that's your that's where you're upset 
It was just a weird flex. Henderson, we've seen before. We've met Henderson before because he's in he was five. Yeah, and he's always playing this character. But you're right, Glennis. It's like the next episode. It's like his things that he's just like a real kind of like pencil pusher, kind of like play by the rules, follow the rules kind of guy. And this one, it's the the joke, but is that he loves to order stuff off <laughs> the infomercials. Yeah, he keeps sending them back because he like. It, yeah, no, I mean, but again, this sort of goes back to my initial point. Like, is he ordering a lot of books or is he ordering a lot of like he said he was gonna sign up? Yes, devices and <laughs> there were all these things back then that you could like you could only get them online, like you could or you yeah. could only get them if you called the yeah. number through the info. Yeah. Like, this just reaffirms my point is it books that you're gonna be selling on an infomercial? Right. Okay. Yes. I see what you're saying about that. Right. And normally it's like this hot new vacuum or like. Right. That can do all of these things. They can pick up crumbs or like this, these Tupperware will not fall (laughs) out of your cabinets. (laughs) No, no, no. That's amazing. I need one that can pick up crumbs. I think that's what they're all supposed to do. Yeah. But it just, it picks up crumbs really effectively. Yeah. Whereas a book, you know, it brings me back to a, a, a family favorite where Megan is being recorded opening up birthday presents and she just goes, oh, it's a book. <laughs> <laughs> While yep. also opening up a gift for a marionette. And that was a lot. That, oh, that look, I was way more into the marionette. <laughs> an infomercial, not yeah, no, I did your books for the record. Right. I love the follow up video is um, me throwing a tantrum and Megan <laughs> playing the marionette <laughs> over my head while I'm throwing the tantrum. Because she was. <laughs> yeah, that, that has infomercial vibes, you know? It, it, it really sells that marionette. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. anyway, I sorry, I, I'm, I'm focusing on the wrong thing. No, I mean, there's no, I will say, I mean, I don't know how you guys felt about it. I mean, this episode was just full of kind of odd moments. And then like, kind of like, there was cohesion, but there were a lot of moments where I was like, oh, I'm not quite sure. Like uh, a couple of things. Like first was that everybody was delighted by the lady writer that wasn't Jessica, the jo- Joellen. And, and so everything she said, everyone would like belly laugh at. And I was like, what is she saying? That's so amazing. They just And she's like, oh, I'm not sure. And everyone's like, the book you have written is unbelievable. <laughs> what was that murder at the same, the Alexandria Lighthouse? It's like, yeah. And then, and I just, so many shenanigans that had occurred at the East Buffalo Community College. I mean, what was going on there? Like they're all murdering right. each other over some kid's manuscript. And like the beginning sequence is pretty grim because that guy that ends up getting murdered is like, I'm going to go do what's right. I'm so excited to get out of this car. <laughs> and as soon as he turns around, he gets strangled. I know. And it's like, that guy's so obviously creepy and weird. Like, how did you befriend yeah. that guy? 100%. Oh, and that guy too. Like, I just remember like, he's like trying to get into the studio and they're like, don't see your name. But his name is twice the size of 
every other printed name and handwritten so like did she not make the list and like yeah no that part was kind of funny I mean yeah no I kind of stuck out like he's like I'm on the list seems like a shady person that guy was creepy he plonks down at lunch with them I mean the other thing is so there's the writer there's the shenanigans up at Buffalo there's the fact that so many people reference Lackawanna yeah (laughs) and it's like am I like and I'm not saying I don't know a lot about New York but it's like they were saying it like I should absolutely know where that is and like and I was like I'm not sure I do know but they were like oh yeah Lackawanna and you're like oh okay so she was like some random woman sent me a manuscript from Lackawanna Pines I better read it it's like wait what (laughs) I know yeah no that's the first thing when I saw this episode, I was like, ah, oh, Lackawanna Pines. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't. And Jason Bayer Saxon. It's like. Yeah, it, but there's that, there's the fact that there's like the message on the post-it on the turkey club she gets. That you're just like, okay. Also, I was dying at how much styrofoam was being used. <laughs> like, oh my God. In the to-go things. I was like, wait, and then. <laughs> No, and it's then like, it was like wrapped in like fourteen like things of Saran wrap. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what was roasty. so cr- crazy. They had the styrofoam and like the cellophane, so it was like, yeah, you you only need one of those things. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, you don't need. <laughs> that's such a good point, actually. I mean, yeah, who ordered the roast? beef went on for it's like the what is happening ham and cheese too it is weird because like in my notes i i just like i just kept writing this episode is so weird <laughs> oh the part where he slams the door to the phone booth and it breaks all over <laughs> it like just shatters yeah like wow that's like flimsy as hell like well, right, because he hardly shut it. He was just yeah, like, yeah. shut it normally, <laughs> and the glass just all shut, shattered. And you're like, oh. I'm so annoyed at myself, too. My notes, I write all these quotes. I know we'll get to it, but it's like, I don't know who said who. <laughs> yeah. I'm, really, I'm, really I, I'm the same. Yeah. I have a lot written down. My first one is booby. Yeah, that that I know <laughs> Ian Ogilvy said, because he's on the floor. He's like, okay, booby. Like, to, he's like... <laughs> Yeah, no, I had that as well. Wait, I had a question. So yeah. when they're all, the writers are all together because they're not on set, they're in a room. What was that room? Because it had telesales <laughs> logos, all, telesales mart logos all over it. But then it had like these um, shelves that looked like storage. But then it just looks like a mix of like a green room, but it was a storage room for all the telesales mart, like telesale mart or whatever the like company name was. It just looked like a very weird room to have all of these conversations. And then there was like a couch and then they're talking about Lackawanna Pines and the brutal winters. But like, it was a very odd set. I like can't wrap my head around parts of the set too. I understand what you mean. It was like, they basically were like, here's a storage room. Yeah. We are going to put people we are probably paid a considerable amount of money to be here. And they're yes. all like amped up. To, and it was just like, 
Oh yeah, and there was a coffee machine in there. Cause he goes, oh, do you want some coffee? It's fresh. A coffee, yeah, a coffee machine. And then I thought maybe there'd be platters of food, but then the PA comes in with like these styrofoam containers of like ham and cheese. And I just, it was, it was just very odd. It was like budget friendly. I got it. It was like more like public access vibe <laughs> TV, but anyway. Definitely. When the, the lunch came out, I was like, oh, they, this is bare bones stuff. Hartley has not yeah. pushed the boat out for this. No. Okay, so we've got the sort of strange setup. We've got Lackawanna Pines. A lot of Lackawanna Pines. A lot of Lackawanna Pines. So much, yeah. Lots so of Lackawanna. We have the weird guy. <laughs> we have a death by quinine poisoning. So he's so allergic to quinine that it's just like tonic a water, right? Dash yeah. of tonic water manages to murder him i mean i which i'm sure i guess it's possible but i was like that is so specific to like so specific because she'd obviously made it taste enough like vodka i know he wanted a, like a whiskey ginger that there wasn't enough quinine or quinine however you say it in it to have any like you wouldn't have noticed the taste so but if it was only a splash it would kill him is that what he? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've heard, it was yeah, like was, a drop. Like it was like, oh, this, this. He's so allergic that it's like, but it. I mean, and I'm not saying that's not possible. It's just like it's so specific for the show, and the fact that she, she was like, then I remembered his quinine allergy, and I, <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> you took a class with a guy, and you know his like very specific food allergy. Like that is strange. What else is in, so I know tonic water has it, but is there a lot of foods or things in it? Tonic water is literally the only thing I know that has quinine. Yeah, tonic water on the sandwich. She put it in a a drink. uh, uh, Made him a drink. Oh, right, 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 right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But also, why in the world would he trust someone he was just blackmailing him? Though he was just blackmailing, sorry. To make him a drink. Like, that is nuts i mean she did it like right away he was like i'm blackmailing you she was like here's this drink i made <laughs> like she didn't even she's like i will be killing you in like two seconds there's a couple of things as well where it's like are you meant to like and feel sorry for tom because the episode is acting like gene is being a real meanie by putting on rules on him even though he is cheating on her. Like she goes through this thing about like, you need to be like, she's really given him such a hard time. It's like, but he is cheating on her. So, right. Yeah. That's, so crazy. Yeah, that sub story. Yeah. I wasn't. That was annoying. Yeah. It was. Like I wasn't that interested in. I was like, give me more Wade and his divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Oh yes, no, with like his his ex wife that he was mad at. Yeah, yeah like, I'm trying to steal all his. Well, trying to take all his money. Also, I did like when they were talking about the teeth whitening stuff that Lieutenant Henderson said that it was two hundred. You had to do two hundred hours of teeth whitening. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that is a lot. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down too. I was like, what teeth whitening is he doing? <laughs> All it takes is 200 hours to whiten your teeth. 
I mean, it was old school. It's all old school. Yeah. I mean, on a, a 40 hour work week, that's five weeks. No. <laughs> yeah. When you'd have to have the little trays in all the time. Yeah. yeah. Bleaching your teeth, I guess. Maybe it's like like we just blast our or teeth. Or you do an hour a day. If you did For an a hour a day, that would be like <laughs> most of the year. <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking of. You just do it daily. I was like, that's, I guess that's the easiest way to do it. Yeah, and I love that he was like hiding money from his ex-wife that was pretty funny I mean that whole thing was great I mean and the fact that he was never really bad he just was like annoying and he kept trying to get them to pay for more stuff and they wouldn't do it yeah but it looks like he was doing a good job hosting the show yeah no he's a consummate professional it's like Matt I wanted to be the main character of your books Matt's like you whatever he says. Yeah, the Matt character was just not. It was a hard character to watch because they kept saying he's like, oh, he's this great author and all this stuff. It's like, but we never saw him be great. We just saw him be rude and annoying to people. They said he was like Raymond Chandler at his best. It's like, okay, we not him. I want to look up um, what his his um, person was called. His detective, his main character detective. Yeah, they did say it. Okay, hold on. Let me. They did say Wade's show was called uh, Philip Manners PI, <laughs> and I was like, I'm all in. <laughs> I'd like to watch that. <laughs> Philip Manners <laughs> PI. <laughs> Susanna's like, say no more. <laughs> okay, should we go through the beats? Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, before we go through the beats, one last thing. So at the end, Sarah and Larry end up together, you know, after yeah. they like, I guess like went out after they found that dead body. And um, <laughs> they, Larry's like, oh, I got a new job as like the exec producer or something. And um He's like, it's enough money for two people to live off my income. It's like, oh, what? So Sarah's just like straight up not going to work anymore. <laughs> I'm assuming that they both got fired. Yeah. Both got I know. I was like, you guys, this has moved so quickly. So quickly. Like she was just banging your boss, married boss. And then they're moving in together and he's going to support her life. Well, worked out for Sarah, although she is the she's the cute cheerleader uh, cheerleader from Goonies. Is she very cute? Yeah, she is, and Lucas, she's in Lucas too. Yeah, she, she's yeah. very um annoying in this episode in terms yeah. of she has a real quality of where she's like at the beginning. She's like, "Have you told her yet?" But she's like, "Still gonna make out with this guy." She said, "Making like on the set where the wife is around the corner that he's like actively lying to." And you're like, "This is so grim." Yeah, it's gross. It's so gross. She's like, "I can't believe what an idiot I've been." And you're like, <laughs> you're like oh, "Yeah, God. you are an idiot." <laughs> yeah, you, well, a little bit. This guy is clear, and the first thing he does is like shout at her. Yeah, and then he's like, yeah. "I'm so sorry, babe." And you're like, "What the heck? Get out of here!" Um, 
episode beats. Here we go. Thunder weather. No. Ah, uh, rotten winters, Susanna. Oh, rotten winters in Lackawanna <laughs> Pines. I forgot. That yeah, was a dead you. giveaway. Um, secret doors, closet hiding. No. Poisoning, bludgeoning. So Stuart is strangled by Arnold. Arnold is poisoned by Joellen. Phone wire cut. There's a lot of hanging up of phones. And then the broken booth glass really made me laugh. It was just like, was he that mad <laughs> about it? So I guess we're meant to think Joellen put Arnold on. Wait, who added Arnold to the list of I extras? Like he added himself. I think he added himself because the handwriting was the same as the note on the roast beef sandwich. Wasn't that the... <laughs> yes. Oh, you're right. But then yeah. who, was, who was he calling in the beginning? Oh, he was calling Joelle and asking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. yeah. Also, I like that he like blackmailed Wade, but just like on the hoof. Like he just saw him do something yeah. he shouldn't have been doing. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to add a little more blackmail into this like weekend. <laughs> yeah. Phone wire. Oh, sorry. She's shaking uh no window peep i i couldn't i could not recall seeing one i would love to be disagreed with on this doesn't i mean it's not a window he's kind of peeping before he goes in and blackmails wade but i don't know if that isn't he or maybe i made that up i mean he is in the phone booth looking out through that's what i was thinking i mean that's what i was thinking that was the only one i could think of then he angrily broke that glass. <laughs> mad. Fake name ID. So we have Jason Bayer Saxon was actually Stuart Murphy, but the person pretending to be Jason Bayer Saxon was Anthony. Arnold. Um, Arnold, sorry. The fuzz slash cop quirk. We've got Fogel um, and he likes to work alone. <laughs> And um, cop chemistry, I said, no, I didn't think she really liked him very much. Just, like, he was kind of a non-entity for me. Well, she, like, seemed to think he was being actively annoying. And it's like, he involved her in every part of the investigation. So I'm not sure what else he could have done to make her like him. But, oh, okay, so here's my question. I know I referenced this at the beginning. Why was he at the infomercial studio at the beginning when he was investigating Stuart Murphy's death? I don't know. Because he and Henderson were there and she's like, oh, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm looking into this sort of random. Uh, I have no you know. idea. Does that, I just was like, what? Why does that bring you here of all places? Businessy business infomercials. Mm-hmm. What's he going to interview Matt? Mer- Matt? no oh maybe like the link to buffalo and the like te- the class maybe yeah i can't really they did sort of say but then anyways yeah you're probably right ashley because what other connection was there right i oh, heart yeah. hardly hardly put the whole thing together picked his favorite it authors didn't even bother to show up where's ted huh age ain't nothing but a number okay yeah, I'm I'm curious about this. Detective Henderson was 47 and Lieutenant Fogel was 54. Arnold Wynn was 34. Okay. Matt Matthews was 58. Oh. Which I thought was younger than I was expecting. Wow. Joe, 
Joellen was 36. Let's see, where's our uh, collection of... Oh, Wade Foster was 51. Uh, Tom Powell, I couldn't get an age for Gina Powell, but Tom Powell was 44. Sarah Ogilvie was 27. And Larry Shields was 30. Wait, who's Wade Foster again? Sorry. The host, Ian Ogilvy. Oh my God, sure. Sorry. And he was 51. So Ian Ogilvy was seven years younger than Matt Matthews, than the actor that played Matt Matthews. I don't know what to say about that, to be honest. Did Ian Ogilvy look terrific? Because he did. Oh, yeah. Ian, yeah, I do. Yeah. It was weird, though, that he didn't have an English accent when he obviously has an English accent. No, that they were like, please cover that up. Right, right. The Jonathan scale, I mean, I said no. I I don't know. Maybe Sarah. Because Arnold Wynn is more of a David Tolliver. I mean, David Tolliver, but without the looks, right? Because David yeah. Tolliver gets away with it because he's hot. But this guy was like... Wait, yeah, no. He, yes, fair enough. But like, and I mean... Arnold Wynn actually murdered someone when I don't think that David Tolliver did. Mm-mm. No, he didn't. It was just people around him died, including like his like friend that worked in the bar that was like pretending to be his alibi. Do you remember that? Like his female yeah. friend. Yeah, the woman who got yeah. yeah. So these days I said Lara, Lara. That's their um their combo name. name. Yeah, Larry and Sarah, because he obviously <laughs> liked her. Yeah. And I guess she liked him too. I mean, what was she doing with Jeff Conway? I don't Seems know. Like it was such really a mess. Crazy. Like, what is the appeal? And also, his wife owned everything. So it wasn't like he even had control of like money there. I don't know. No, no. It was it was a weird choice for her. <laughs> <laughs> Petite feet. No glamour shots. I was there. Oh gosh, no, was no. was there not one of Wade Foster somewhere? Uh, I'm trying to remember because I can't remember if it was in this one or another or the next one where there's like oh the next one has a ton of glamour. The shots. next Never one is the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I thought this one had some. I thought there was like a shot not of like Ian Ogilvy like on the TV like. Yes. No, there's definitely, definitely that. Um, we'll count that. We'll count that. Um, smooches. Okay. So we do have a Tom and Sarah smooch uh, at the beginning, which is weird. It's funny because this episode and the next episode both have like young couples getting together, but we don't see those people kiss at all. Yeah. They're just all of a sudden holding hands at the end. And you're like, and they're going to go off together. You're just like, could we get one smooch in there? I mean, did these people even okay like each other? Not. Oh, with the next one for sure. No, this no, one I'm okay with no, yeah, no smooches. You're you're in the no smooch fan club um, oh. for these two episodes. Fair. I mean, or for the next one. I mean, this one I wouldn't have minded a smooch. The next one, I the director made the correct call and was like, we cannot yes, have a smooch you. here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, the bloody hands. We do see Arnold's bloody nose from getting punched in the face by um, Wade, but apparently he acquired another bloody nose when he got the quinine poisoning because they said oh, the bloody nose he had when we found him wasn't from the punch. It was from 
being poisoned. So there's that. Familial ties, no. Friend function, no, because this isn't an old friend. And eyes closed, head shake. Well, Matt Matthews, I think, is an old friend. Oh, yeah. And he's, listen, he is, he's not doing well financially. And he's not doing well in love. So that puts him in quadrant one, which is tough place to be. But I think what the idea is he's got a new book on the horizon. Yeah, right, right. Things are turning around, but like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he says he can't like. He was so awful. And like, you're like, oh, this is meant to be her old friend. Come on. Eyes closed head chick. I put no. I couldn't remember her doing that, but I didn't know if others had noticed it. Okay. No, the closest I found was when she was, she was just worried about Matt and his drinking. But like, there was no eyes closed head head shake, like that lunch or whatever they had that dinner. Yeah, that's I mean, true. You're yeah. Right? There's or a lot like of head shaking. Yeah, yeah. It's not judgmental though. We now know that it's not. No, judgmental well, it, it's only when he's out there with the gin and tonics at dinner, and she's like, like she's like, yeah, mouthing to the waiter, coffee, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so fave outfit worst outfit ashley what do you think um i don't know i didn't really have i didn't have a worst outfit for this um but for fave i guess everything's some kind of neutral for fave outfit i really like joellen's royal blue outfit with the gold jewelry i thought mm-hmm. that was a really nice look so Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Glennis, what do you think? So that uh, royal blue outfit was was also my favorite. I did, I wrote it down as like my best and worst because I, I didn't like it, but I also appreciated <laughs> the like attention to detail was Jessica's brown on brown. Uh, she had like a brown silk shirt with a brown blazer and I it just I didn't like it for now, but for the time it, it would have taken a lot to match those two pieces. It looked expensive. I mean, this is the thing. It's yeah. like even if it is not to our style, she still looks sort of pulled together. Megan, what do you think? I struggled here with like nothing mm-hmm. really jumped out at me as like worse or best. Um, I thought Joellen's hair in the very beginning was a little like all over the place like kind of pieces in the front like but that's about it and then I don't think I really had a favorite and Ian Ogilvy looked great but that's just I did I I'm like you Megan I really struggled to find either I I did put fave outfit as being Joellen's jewel tones because she had like the blue but then then she had a green like and the purple like she really stuck everybody else was going brown and she was sticking to colors which I liked um and worse outfit I wrote Wade's long tweed jacket it was like it, it, but it, I don't feel like strongly about it it just right, was right. It wasn't that, like so yeah. no yeah. I mean he looked fine I mean it's you know some of it's just like it's just of the time I mean there's nothing you yeah. can really you know, at one point we saw a bright red turtleneck on somebody and it's like, I wanted to like it, but it just isn't, you know, for me. Um, 
Here's a real interesting one. Biggest hunk. So we did have a lot of dudes and ladies in this episode that probably could qualify, but I mean, I know all you guys picked Matt Matthews. Like, let's be real. But joke. Uh, Glynis, do you want to start us off on biggest hug? Wait, I'm pulling up the. Okay, do you want Megan? Do you want to go first? Yeah, you know, Goldie. Okay, Ashley. I thought Larry was Mm -hmm. cute. He is cute. I thought in like an early George Clooney way. I mean sure <laughs> yeah i i was also gonna go with larry i don't even like george clooney and that i know you don't like, and you have like strong opinions about no, it that just feels very flattering to larry the thing with larry is larry is an so the what is the actor called again sorry um patrick fabian so i think patrick fabian might be canadian i want to say okay. but he has literally been a guest star in every tv show i've ever watched and now it it, like george clooney in this episode he has sort of dark hair but he is a silver fox i mean that is what he looks like like now and so when you watch like he was in pennsylvania he's from pennsylvania sorry he's not canadian he's american (laughs) sorry patrick um got it wrong and he's like he was on i think an episode of pushing daisies one time he appears in like as a guest star in like okay, everything I gotta look him up. yeah i mean this is so scandal friends ncis will and grace hot in cleveland gray's anatomy star trek voyager csi crime scene investigation CSI all Miami. right so he's been around the block CSI New York because it, it listed in his bio glennis how many credits does he have total uh 153 Right. So, wow. and he's, and how, and Patrick Fabian is what? He was born in 1964. So he's, what does that make him? 58. Yeah. So the thing is, it's funny, is I am so familiar with him because he's been in all of these shows I've watched and they always bring him on as the kind of non threatening hunk. So he yeah. comes in <laughs> as the guy that's like maybe going to pull interest from our main love interest for a little bit because he's handsome enough to do it, but he's not always going to like seal the deal. Like, I this is not to do. And so it's just so funny because to me, he's like in everything. Like, I'm just like, this right. is a very famous person. So I, I um I said I thought Larry was a big hunk, but I obviously always think Ian Ogilvy is. Yeah, is I'm surprised dog. to hear there was like someone else in the running, but that's okay. Yeah, I think he was cute, and I do think he's cute in other things as well. Um, anyways, yeah, so keep an eye out for him. Everything. Um, okay, JB Burns, Glennis, did you write down any JB Burns? Um. It wasn't, I did have a JV burn, but when, um, when <laughs> Tom Powell turns to the woman he's hooking up with and he's like, oh, for God's sake, when she's like throwing a fit about the fact that he's jeopardized her entire career right. and her income, like, I was like, what? <laughs> um, and then I did like when, um, Ogilvy said that he was writing um uh he wasn't writing except IOUs to bartenders yeah that's good <laughs> yeah uh Ashley did you have any written down I didn't no 
Um, I just like that Wade Foster's <laughs> wardrobe was by Lorenzo of Beverly Hills. Oh, yes. Mm. That was a good line. Yeah. Megan, what about you? Um, okay, so I think um, Larry Bear Saxon calls in or Wade. Um, oh, he calls yeah. him and you're a drunken slob. <laughs> and then someone writes, I'm an extra. Someone said, I'm an extra, damn it, which I think is <laughs> Bear Saxon. <laughs> Jason, Jason Bears.
just yeah. quit while you're ahead. Shove it was good. You just add yeah. it. You just it's a hat on a hat on a hat now. You just yeah. gotta let it go. Yeah. Um, fave guest star, uh, Megan. What do you Ian think? Ogilvy. Ashley. Ian Ogilvy. Goodness. <laughs> Ian Ogilvy. <laughs> Me also. Ian Ogilvy. I mean, it's hard. He's a really shining bright a royal flag. When he is allowed to be his full self on this show, it like there really isn't a lot more that you can ask because this episode is not like amazing, but he's great in it. So yeah, it's he's enjoyable. Like I mean, I have stuff I remember. You know, I don't know. It's a totally well. We can get to it in a minute after we do Glennis's guess. Uh, Glennis, what did you guess? I got it right. Oh, you well sure done. did. Break off and I was fresh. Was yeah. it that Lackawanna Pines <laughs> shout out? <laughs> okay, so now we need to to guess what Glennis gave this episode. Ooh, I watched it with her. Oh yeah. So did Ashley. Yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> you both are like this. Like, I'm gonna, say, <laughs> no. I'm gonna say she gave it a four. That's what I was going with. Gonna say also four because it's like neither good nor bad, just kind of right in the middle. Yeah, I'd say four. I okay. like. I didn't like actively dislike it, but I also wasn't really paying attention most of the time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That would sum up <laughs> what I thought. Gee. That a was standard, some of the standard viewing. Yeah, yeah like right she middle of the road. She didn't think anything was silly. <laughs> she wasn't like whoa or anything like that. So yeah, yeah. You're right. That's where Northern Explosion got her because of the whoa factor. <laughs> so it explodes. Well, yeah. Something happens in the next. <laughs> the Glennis was, I think, like genuinely startled by. I'm so excited to find out what that is. Glennis, what was your favorite moment from this uh episode? I mean, honestly, and I know this is a small moment, <laughs> but when the lady is reviewing the list of names and she's like, sorry don't see you on here and then they pan to the actual <laughs> list and his name is like huge on the list and she's like can't see you and then she's like oh there you are it just that really did make me laugh I was just like sure okay so the- yeah Ashley what was your ranking and overall favorite moment um Gosh, it really wasn't one of my favorites, but Ian Ogilvy did make it amusing to watch. So I would probably say a seven. I'm going to go to seven. Okay. And then my favorite moment, I think are the scenes with Ian Ogilvy, specifically when he's like being a diva about his wardrobe and like having all these special requests when they're just like, that's not happening. Yes, that was very funny. Yeah. Megan, what do you think? I'm so like I'll give it an eight I find it enjoyable and it's weird and there's like this creepy guy lurking around but yeah all the scenes with Ian Ogilvy even though like I said the only thing I remember from this episode is um the reference to Lackawanna Pie (laughs) which I don't I gotta look up what those look like I yeah I'm gonna oh sorry Megan what did you say your your score was oh I'm gonna give it an eight eight sorry eight 
I, yeah, I'm going to go six because <laughs> that's how many letters are in Ogilvy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I like it. I like it. <laughs> He's the best part to me. And yeah, Ashley, I do like the bit you mentioned. And also, I like the bit. Um, what does every scene he's in? I mean, the scene at the beginning where he's shouting at his lawyer on the phone is very mm-hmm. funny. The fact he's later than on a pay phone calling his lawyer to try to sort out this issue with the sex wife was very funny to me. Um, yeah, the rest of it is kind of, it's okay. I, you know, I think it's a fine episode. Like, again, like Glenn, it's like probably pretty middle of the road for me. Totally watchable, but not really like a standout one apart from the premise which I do think is very odd but it's like I mean, yeah cool. you're not wrong when you say it's a weird episode yeah it is um but yeah unless does anybody else have anything they want to add before we close out okay well thank you so much everybody for listening and we hope you'll listen again next week bye bye, bye.